Hey folks, Chop here. Just a quick reminder that our naming contest for our mascot, our poor little monkey who has no name, comes to a close in the very, very near future. We'll be ending this contest this coming weekend, so you have until Friday to get your vote in. So go to loadedcartgaming.com slash contest to vote for your favorites. And we look forward to announcing our winner in the very near future. Thank you for being a fan, and we look forward to hearing from you. And now, here's some smooth jazz to play you in. Greetings, and welcome to episode 13 of the Loaded Card Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we are joined by Drew from Hops and Heroes to talk about all things Dark Souls. You have died. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. Hey Paul, how's it going? Pretty good, man. We also have a special guest, uh, Drew of Hops and Heroes. What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me back. Of course. We're rocking the beard today, man. Looks good. Uh, thanks. All right. So, we're going to tell you guys a little bit about the episode a little later, right now. Why don't we do a little bit of cleanup? You got anything, Dan? Um, no, we're actually like pretty, pretty damn good caught up for a change, which is kind of funny. We have, I think, we're only one episode behind right now. Fantastic, fantastic. Other than me sucking and needing to do show notes, but yeah, you know, that's that's and, and actually gotten screwed most of this week. So my plan is to do a lot of it tomorrow. So we'll see. In fairness, though, I've been kind of really lax on doing anything regarding the show except for recording with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there there might be a stinger on the last episode that talks about that. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. In, in and also in fairness, I'm I am buying a house. I've finally submitted my offer for the one over in Strongsville. Congrats. Thanks, buddy. Good. It hasn't been accepted yet, so a little bit premature, but. Sorry. I, good luck. It's <laughs> it's still a it's still a big step. Cause... It is. It is. I I think I've made a. Uh, a pretty good, a pretty reasonable offer. So hopefully we'll accept it. I do, however, one sto- want to have one story before we uh, recorded the podcast to tonight. Uh, I started playing FIFA with my friends, and um, <laughs> it was a great freaking match. We were down three to two in the 85th minute, and uh, Mike, uh, one of my friends, sprinted up, pulled a goal to tie, pulled out a goal to tie out, tied it three to three. He then sprinted through his own house, screaming at the top of his lungs, "Yeah!" Yeah, ran up to his two dogs like, "Wake up, dogs!" And they started barking at him like crazily. And he, just <laughs> biggest fucking grin on his face. Entire group just started pissing himself as soon as they heard the dogs bark. A few minutes later, uh, my other buddy Pat, he just rolls a shot through the keeper, like through the keeper's legs. He didn't go through the goal. She's so just like, "Lol, okay," and just kicks it in. They they clearly they, they want me to clearly stipulate that this team was a team of douches, as Pat put it. So the fact that we won four to three was was quite nice. Most good. Nice. Yeah, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Anything going on in the game industry right now? Kind of. It's it's a little weird out right now. The most interesting thing to me was something I well 
read the other night, which was uh, that Rocket League has sold $110 million worth of games, like, which is kind of holy shit. Like, that's... For a game that feels like a niche game, I mean, it's you're driving a car around and playing soccer, and now basketball, and now, I think, hockey also. Yep. Like, that feels like a total gimmick game, but apparently it's so good and people have so much fun playing it and there's so much replayability that they've they've cleared $100 million in sales, Man, which is pretty like, freaking awesome for a little indie company. It is. The, the game controls are super tight. It's very well done. The game mechanics are great. The only issue that I've had was that it made me motion sick. Otherwise, I would, I would still be playing it today. Unfortunately, it just wasn't in the cards. Uh, I just wasn't that good at it. That's fair. <laughs> but, 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 but again, you weren't but that good at you weren't good at the Soulsborne series yeah. when you started either. So <laughs> yeah, but when, uh, yeah. According according to the things I see on Reddit, basically the way you play Rocket League is to randomly jump around and you somehow score goals. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like FIFA, actually. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I will say one more thing about the game industry currently. Um, you guys are all familiar with Notch, right? Creator Minecraft. Yes. Of course. He's apparently been having Twitter wars recently with people who are talking about mansplaining. And he's he's not at all friendly with it. He doesn't like it. He, In fact, um, there was one person who says, let me make one thing perfectly clear. Mansplaining is a funny but actually quite problematic and real issue. It silences women. And um, Notch just goes, no, mansplaining is a sexist term designed to silence men by gender shaming. And it goes back and forth from there, but the point is that, that Notch just kind of went uh, completely apeshit over this mansplaining thing, and I kind of don't blame him because it does sound... Granted, yes, of course, I do have a penis and I'm a man, but I don't like the sound <laughs> of it. I think it's extremely <laughs> rude to talk about. I do understand the point of it, but finding... Not even finding a term, but it just it's an ignorant way to put it, I think. Yeah, it's, it is... I think something that's a little out of the scope of this show because I don't. Absolutely. We we but, care about gender issues, but it's not except unless we really decide to go into shit like GamerGate and stuff like that and start talking about gender issues in game design and gender issues in gaming communities. Like. I would is, like to do an episode about that, but it's out yeah. of the purview of this episode. Yeah, that's a, so, yeah, that's another three-hour episode. It's at the very it least, is. it's a very in-depth topic, and it's a and very I, heavy topic. So I wouldn't mind getting a couple of lady friends of ours to get on the show, and so that we have a, a completely, you know, yes, an unbiased viewing audience. That didn't make any sense, but you get what I mean. <laughs> an unbiased uh, discussion. Thank you. Yes. My brain is not here today. Fuck it. <laughs> so, on today's episode, uh, as the title suggests, we are doing some Dark Souls, Demon Souls, the Soulsborne series. Um, I've played, personally, Demon Souls 1, Demon Souls, and then Dark Souls 1 through 3. Uh, Drew has had the pleasure of playing uh, Bloodborne as well, so we've got a pretty good uh, base of what we can talk about. Mm-hmm. However, Dan, you had something fun you wanted to do. Yes. So, so I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, one of the, I wanted to cover a couple of things first just to kind of get some stuff out of the way. First thing, we're going to we'll just go ahead and this this is a spoiler warning. Like yes, this we entire... Are, yeah, we are going to try and be as spoiler light as possible and not ruin your experience if you have not played the Dark Souls games. But in order to talk about some of the stuff we are going to talk about, we are going to have to include some spoilers, including yes. probably some... 
some of the mechanics for some of the bo- the bosses and monsters and you know some of the stuff that to explain stories um so it's it's going to yeah. be spoiler heavy. I'm sorry. We there's nothing we can do to avoid that. But if you go in with eyes wide open, you will realize that we are trying to do our best to explain the game, the games as best as possible with without ruining too much. We won't ruin endings, but in fairness to everybody else, the Souls series it really isn't a spoiler game. I mean, there's no there's little story to speak of. It's all about what you draw from the story itself. Like they they give you the bare bones of a story, but it's up to you to put together the story that you want. Right. And the other second, well, so three things. The second thing is I have not played any of the Dark Souls games. And I want our listeners and viewers who have not played the games to know that I am going to attempt to be your voice here because I will ask questions that I hope you would probably also ask because these two have played co-op through the four main games in the series and I have not played any, so I'm going to try and ask them questions to at least try and keep it interesting for people who have not played the game so that they don't just go like, yep, I don't need to listen to this. I, I'm not a Dark Souls person, and I'm out. He's going to get good through us. Yes, hopefully. Um, and then thirdly, I wanted to do like a brief like overview of the series, have you guys do a brief overview of like the whole series before we do what I want to do, which is like, we're going to play like a little version of the newlywed game. Cause these two have played through co-op through the entire thing. So I've asked them a, a, a small number of questions and hopefully we'll get some good stories and funny stuff out of it, or it'll just completely flop and be terrible and hilarious <laughs> in an entirely different way. Um, but first let's, way. Yeah, but first let's, let's talk a little bit about the actual dark souls franchise. Uh, and you guys can probably explain this a lot better than me. Uh, you want me to go, Drew? Do you want to go? I'm okay uh, with You can handle it. Let's see how you explain it. <laughs> All right. So, very... originally, uh, the first game was uh, Demon Souls. Uh, debuted on the PS3 way back in the day and was labeled as, I believe, the quote-unquote hardest game you'll ever play. Um, the point is, you're going to die. You're going to die a lot. Once you accept that, you can get past the frustration that you first feel. In fact, um, playing Dark Souls One, one of the, the first achievement you're ever gonna get, I guarantee it, is, uh, God, what was it called? Uh, it's it's something about the, either the first time or something like that. But it's literally just you died. That is your first achievement. Actually, I think that might be the title: is you died. Either way, I think it was the first achievement in both uh, Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two. I don't remember any of the uh, trophies from uh, Demon Souls, unfortunately. So if we want to pull up a list later, we can take a look at those. Either way, Demon Souls has you in essentially the first thing you do, quite sadly, is to die. You are then taken to the Nexus, which is a, a nexus of all the souls that have perished within the world. I don't remember the world's title. Do you off, Andrew? Uh, Boletaria. Is the Correct. Bingo. Okay, thank you. Uh, so in Boletaria, you are attempting to take down the... God, the four... Help me out here. Oh, God. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Fuck it. Four <laughs> assholes who've taken over the kingdom. You're about to try and free it. 
That's what we're going with. Uh, Remember, broad overview. We don't need to. Uh, it's, it is the we broadest don't need to get overview. Crazy. That's the worst part <laughs> is that this is the broadest overview I can provide. And so you're trying to th- you're trying to overthrow the four assholes. The trouble with Demon Souls is that it has a weird progression. So when you first start the game, you start with the first world, World One One. Uh, I don't remember the actual world title, so bear with me on that. But instead of going to World One Two and continuing to progress through through One Four, because there's four stages in each world, you go to Two One. And then three one, and then four one, and back to one two. It's a strange progression. It's it's a, got great bosses, beautiful areas, and it's a game that was made in I think uh, two thousand six or two thousand three to two thousand six somewhere in that ballpark. It still holds up today. It's, it's graphically pleasing, a very tight controlled game. It's excellent. Like I, I just play it. If you got a PS three. Go buy it. It's fairly cheap. If even if you don't have a PS3, PS3s are cheap now too. I think you'll spend like a total of 150 bucks if you buy the game and the PS3. Dark Souls, awesome game. Similar premise. In fact, you'll find that this repeats through the series <laughs> that this is going to be a very similar premise in that you're trying to free a kingdom and break the cycle of um, the of the chosen one coming back in order to light the fire. Okay, so. I personally, when I first started this, I got pissed off about two two areas in, stopped playing the game because it was quote-unquote too hard. The which, problem... which actually does bring up something that the Dark Souls theory is famous for. Yes. The game is really fucking hard. The, the game is hard is always the quotes, and Dan just did air quotes when he said that. <laughs> it's because it's true. People always say, this game is too hard, this game is hard. It's not hard. The games in and themselves aren't difficult. They're unforgiving. They will punish you. They will ream you. They will take a giant fucking dick and ram it up your asshole if you're not careful. They will make you learn from your mistakes. It will punish you for every mistake you make and make you learn your lesson. So you're going to die. A lot. In Dark Souls, the the final, the definitive edition is the prepare to die edition. Uh, long story short, you're trying to free each and every kingdom as you continue through the games. Uh, Dark Souls 3 is honestly my favorite I think it's my favorite of the franchise in spite of uh, in spite of my earlier commentary it ties everything together everything it will take you back to the nexus which they call Firelink Shrine in this it is the nexus, it flat is it ties you back to Dark Souls 1, it ties you back to Dark Souls 2 it even ties you to Demon Souls it is a beautiful way to end the series uh, Dark Souls 2 probably had some of the best boss fights in the game, and easily the best DLCs. The only issue that I had with the DLCs in Dark Souls 2 was that all the bosses were resistant to magic. Like, if you didn't do decent physical damage, you were fucked. Which makes playing as a pyromancer, sorcerer, or priest really fucking difficult. Because all they do was throw fire, throw spells, or throw miracles. And that's all magic. And you're all fucked. Uh, you, anything I've missed so far, Drew? No, I think you got the basis. All right, all right. So tell us about Bloodborne, then. And so Bloodborne is the best Castlevania game that was ever made. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> so, but like, and so Bloodborne, which it, uh, Dark Souls 3 takes a lot of cues from that. Uh, Bloodborne, which starts out as like a, you're a... You're just called a hunter, and so like this uh, curse has befallen uh, this town, and so they call you in, and you're gonna come kill some monsters and make some money, or so you think. 
but like the more you go down this uh, rabbit hole of like killing werewolves, you realize you start to realize like the werewolves aren't werewolves. There's something darker, something deeper, and it slowly mutates into this like weird Lovecraftian horror thing. And so like the deeper you get, the more like twisted the realities become, and more like twisted the monsters become. Yeah, that actually sounds and, really interesting. And it's really fun. Uh, and uh, see, yeah, there's actually one section of Bloodborne that takes place in like a giant castle that involves you like killing vampire cults. <laughs> nice. nice. That's uh, which really reminds me of Castlevania. But uh, we, and folks, we we do realize that uh, Drew's contentious argument of it's the best Castlevania game ever made could piss off a lot of you. Email us if you want, but it's gonna fall on deaf ears. I guess I should say it's the best 3D Castlevania game ever made. I can that. Okay, like, because Symphony of the Nights, yeah. Like. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> it's definitely up there. But, it, I mean, if it could take the title, it could take the title. I'm sorry, I cut you off completely. Please go on. Oh, no, no. That, that's just the thing. Um, and once you realize, like, this game hasn't been about, yeah, like, werewolves at all, that you're just trying to kill this horror that's, like, taken over this entire village... And it's just, yeah, just the way the world, like, mutate. It, it's really good, like... Okay. So, so with the title of Bloodborne, is there some sort of illness that's going on with it? Uh, so, yeah, there's a thing with the church of... What is it? Yorseska? Or... I forget the name of the church, but, like, the church has been draining blood from, like, people and prostitutes and everything else to find the cure um, so of the curse. What? Oh, no, no, they still are evil because they're like okay. just taking the blood from everybody trying to. <laughs> but you know the troops are still alive. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that's about it. So, so a couple of little broad overview questions that are kind of game industry related and uh, and community related. How do you guys feel about the whole get good thing surrounding Dark Souls? It's what you got to do. I mean, that's what the entire thing is to get good. If you're not doing well, it's your own damn fault. The games aren't unfair. They are just unforgiving. Yeah, they're kind of one-hit kill scenarios, especially bosses. So uh, I guess my thing is more get good enough, <laughs> just yeah. so you can be stuff. But... And then the other one would be, uh, how do you guys feel about Dark Souls becoming basically a uh, game industry adjective, like roguelike. So there, there are games that are now being called like the Dark Souls of platformers or <laughs> like the Dark Souls of first-person shooters because they're really hard. My biggest gripe with that is the fact that they don't understand what Dark Souls is about the f when they're using that. They don't understand that Dark Souls is not difficult. I, I'm harping on this continually. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> but it's not a difficult game. It's just an unforgiving game. And that's that's the whole thing. If you don't understand the game, don't use the adjective. It's kind of like Watergate. The people will always have the Deflategate scandal. Yeah, it's... it's People who follow me on Twitter will understand just how fucking upset I am with that gate shit. If it's not taking place at the Watergate, it's not a gate scandal. Shut the fuck up. But then it won't have a kitschy, kitschy name. Because media sucks dicks. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Please continue. Right. So, uh, you guys want to start the uh, the little game show? The Soulsy Wed game. Yeah, the the, the game, for lack of a <laughs> better name. It works. Uh, that's pretty good. I like that. All right. 
So we're going to start. Brief summary. If you if you don't know what the newlywed game is, it, it's an old game. It's an old, old game show, so I wouldn't be surprised if some people don't know what this is. So basically the idea is I asked both Drew and Paul a series of questions, is seven questions, and they, they gave me answers in secret, so no one other than me and them know their answers. So what I'm going to do is they're going to try and guess what the other person answered for each of the questions, and then we'll kind of tally up and see who wins. See who knows the other person they they went through their co-op gaming experience <laughs> with better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll start. Paul. Yes. What did Drew say was his favorite Dark Souls game? I'm going to go with Demon Souls. Ooh. Drew, what did you say was your favorite Dark Souls game? I said Dark Souls 2. Okay. Ooh. I like that one of the best just because of the... That one had the like, best like narrative story that was still like easy to follow. You I know, think so. the least like hidden behind barriers and barriers of like weird little side quests. Like it was pretty much laid out right in front of you. Demon Souls, however, did have the it slapped you in the face with its story. Yes, that's true. That is true. Alright. So now, Drew, what game did Paul say was his favorite Dark Souls game? I guess this is a cheating, like you just said it earlier, but Dark Souls 3. Paul? I was Dark Souls 2. Oh, okay. Oh, I, had, yeah. I, actually, I actually had said earlier Dark Souls 2. I thought you, no, said three. you said 3 was your you favorite game uh, earlier in this episode, which is kind of funny. That made me laugh a little bit. Didn't I say might be? Play back the tape now. Uh, <laughs> If you really want to edit that in, I can edit that in either way. <laughs> no, I don't want to edit it in because it's funnier if you have both in the same episode. Either way, uh, I did say on the on the sheet, Dark Souls Two is my favorite game, much for the same reasons that Drew said. Like it, it's buried layers upon layers deep of all the narrative, and um, I, I honestly the a lot of the game's fights are just stellar. They're like I said, some of the best boss fights. Uh, I it just easily the best DLCs. It's just Awesome. Good. All right. So we're going to swap back and forth now so that it's not giving anyone an advantage. Okay. So, Drew, what did Paul say was the hardest boss in any Dark Souls game? Okay. So I know what I wrote on the sheet. I wrote what was hardest for me, but okay. You're trying to guess what Paul wrote on his. Yep. So what does Paul think is the hardest boss in any Dark Souls game? I'm going to go with Aldrich from Dark Souls 3. She has some... Hey, cat. Uh, she has some pretty uh, cheap moves with this, like, arrow thing. But... Um, hey, boo. Um, yeah, Aldrich. All right, Paul? That's a big negative, buddy. Nameless King uh, was the hardest one. Yeah, okay, I had him. It was a close second. Up there, okay. <laughs> All right. Now, Paul, same question. What does Drew have as his hardest boss in any Dark Souls game? Um, I remember him extolling on this when we fir- when we uh, <laughs> fought him in Dark Souls 1. When we didn't actually fight him, we cheesed him. I'm going to go with Manus. Okay. Drew? Uh, no. Which I, I listed three on here. <laughs> what the shit? And it's One. not... It's not any of the three, which is fun. I know, which I should have put him on there because we did cheat down the, when we played back through. But uh, uh, Capper Demon, 
from Dark Souls. Kill the dogs, kill the demon. He's yeah, but with the shitty camera, and like you can't move the camera, and it gets caught behind the tree. Yeah. That, 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 that fight is bullshit. Um, which, <laughs> the other one, which I don't think we, well, you, you can only fight it uh, by yourself, is Dark Lurker and Demon Souls 2. Or Dark Souls 2, sorry. Um, Demon Souls 2 <laughs> would be Dark Souls, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Dark Lurker, Demon Souls, or Dark Souls 2, got it. Um, and what was the last one? Sorry. Oh, Calamite in Dark Souls. All right. Fuck y'all, then. All right. I, <laughs> I say that because I never beat Dark Lurker or Calamite. All right. All right. So, Paul, Go what? is Drew's favorite boss of any Dark Souls game. Hmm. That's a tough one. Well, I'll give you... You got some leeway, because he also has three answers for this one, too. Yes. <laughs> I wish to be fucking one, man. What the <laughs> shit? <laughs> he couldn't make up his mind about Clearly. anything. I'm going to gamble and say... Artorias. Drew? You are incorrect. Eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what were some of your favorite bosses, Drew? Okay, and, so and why? Yeah, just list, just list why? the whole fucking game then. Just fine. <laughs> well, combined with all these games, there's about sixty something bosses. So, but uh, That's why I, I had a difficult I'm, time picking one. I know, I know. I went with the Phalanx from Demon Souls. I really enjoy that. Just the soul arrow, soul arrow, nice. soul arrow. Repeat until dead. <laughs> uh, the Rotten from Dark Souls Two. He was like okay. the corpse made up yeah, of a whole that. bunch of corpses, corpses and all that. And then um, last one was sorry, oh, dancer Boreal Valley. I was that was actually my runner-up for second one. Okay, and so it was just that whole like that cathedral you're kind of in, that echo of footsteps. Like it was it's, just eerily a, silent, but yeah. There's no music in that fight either. Yeah, yeah. it's it is a gorgeous fight too because. It's literally a dancer who's fighting you, spinning around. It's it's awesome. And I used a when when you got for her souls for her soul, you got her swords if you traded it in. And I used those for the bulk of the game. Yeah. All right. Now, Drew, what was Paul's favorite boss of any Dark Souls game? Mm, gonna go out on a limb here. Gonna go with the pursuer. Paul. <laughs> Knight Artorius. I gave it away. <laughs> All right. So what's up with Knight Arturius? Why is he your favorite boss? It was a challenging but not overly so fight. And um, it was actually uh, really, really funny. Just the experience that we had with the boss was just funny as hell. I don't know. You don't know why he's your favorite boss? He just... just it fun? was just... The fight itself was a a challenge that, that took a lot out of both of us. For, yes. for that particular yeah. Yeah. It's really fight. tough. <laughs> it was. It was. But not the hardest Souls boss. It was definitely a runner-up, though. That was probably my second one. Okay. So this one was a weird one. So this is, again, for Drew. And this one also loops around. It's a little weird. So what boss made your co-op partner cuss the most? So this takes a little, little math here for a second. So Paul is saying what boss made you cuss the most, Drew? Ah, okay. So this is what you're trying to guess. You're trying to guess what Paul said was the boss that made you the most frustrated and cuss the most. I don't know if this is fair to Drew because I cuss a lot. <laughs> yes, correct. you do. 
Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think what we had trouble with. Uh, the moose. Like, the nameless king was up there. Uh, well, getting to Manus was a beat. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the nameless king. All right, Paul. He's going with the nameless king. What is your answer? I'm sorry, buddy. It's our. <laughs> It's Artorius again. Because <laughs> that, that fucking challenge, dude, I was cussing like a blue streak on him. Remember? Yeah. We had to take a break one night. Yeah, that's where true. Where we just yeah. stopped. That and we beat, we beat uh, Nameless King in one evening, but he was yeah. still harder than Artorius. Either way. All right, so now for you, Paul, same question. What did Drew say was the boss that made you cuss the most? Hmm, probably the Nameless King. Drew? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> Paul gets one. That was that was one of the two that he had on his answer for that one. What yeah, was the other one? I put Aldrich to you. Okay. Because it's her like weird arrow thing and then that homie missile. She or I say homie missile. It's like a thousand homie missiles. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, nice. So so Paul is finally on the scoreboard with one point and he has the lead. <laughs> Isn't that depressing? <laughs> with three questions to go. <laughs> All right, so, yeah. So the next two, I think, are the most interesting because we should hopefully get some good stories out of these. I think. Absolutely. So Paul, you get to guess what Drew put as his favorite PvP moment playing through the entire series with you. Oh, um, I think it was in Dark Souls One as we were approaching the. We were in N. Orlando, approaching fat ass and dumbass. I can't remember their names offhand. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen the smoke. Fast and dumbass is what I like to go with. But there was a jackass that came up to us on the stairs as uh, I, as I was fighting the two one of the two giant fucking fat ass knights as we run up the stairs. True parries this poor bastard and shoves a sword into his ribs, kicks him down the stairs. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and, and all of a sudden I fly past Drew after getting hit by one of the fucking knights. <laughs> it was as if if not his favorite moment, it's one of my favorite moments. All right, Drew. That that is correct. That kind of ties into both my answers. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I would so definitely, I, I would definitely, based on your written answer, give it to Paul. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I put any time. Yeah, we could gank somebody that tried to invade us, um, and, or if I could, and, and if I could land a parry, which was extremely rare. <laughs> sweet, sweet. So yes, I I do believe that story qualifies. <laughs> it definitely meets both of those conditions. So. All right, now Drew, you get to answer the same for Paul. What do you think Paul's favorite PvP moment was while you two played through Dark Souls? God, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of good PvP moments. Most of the time, it's just they come in. Yeah, and, and we get just, fucked up. Yeah, we one of yeah usually you know one of us whoever's like trying like got summoned into the world tries to throw ourselves in front of the. Mm-hmm. Invader. Is that because the invader just goes after whoever the host is? Yeah, the host is the one that the invader is trying to go after. The yeah, way PvP works is that the person who summoned has absolutely no loss. There's, there's, it's, it's all benefit for the person summoned in. The person who, who is the host, has everything to lose. Like you will lose your, your humanity or ember, depending on which game you're in, and you will also lose all of your souls. The person who summoned loses nothing. They just get sent back to their old world. So whenever we have PvP moments, Drew would jump in front of uh, the asshole in front of me if he was summoned and vice versa. 
Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with any time I could backstab somebody. <laughs> All right. Or smash them in the back with a club. Like, that's... You know what? I, I got to give it to him, I think. What do you think, Dan? I think it's pretty close. So th- my favorite moment here was uh, when we were, we were playing Dark Souls 3 in Anor Orlando on the ledges and bridges. Do you remember that jackass invading us and I ended up backstabbing him and kicking him off the ledge and into the fucking abyss? <laughs> That's right. That was, that was that pure bliss moment. I, I rode a high on that throughout the end of the entire session. That's I kicked right. that poor bastard off and he was just, he just, doo-doo-doo, has gone back to his realm. And I was just, <laughs> held up my arms. Yeah. I, mean, I just stopped. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, through five questions, Paul is leading two to one. Okay. Two. <laughs> we only got two more to redeem ourselves with. Uh, All right, so this one should also hopefully get some fun stories. Drew, what did Paul say was his favorite complete derp moment of the two of you playing through the games? Oh, man. Um, I would have to say any time... I don't know. I feel like I had a lot of moments where I just kind of fell off a ledge for no reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were there were a lot of those, unfortunately, yeah, especially during the gargoyle yeah. fight. Yeah, and it's like, oh, damn it! Can you come back and get me? Um, <laughs> Let me think. What was the derpiest of the moments? <laughs> the derpiest. That that obviously made Paul think of something. <laughs> God, um, it was just his phrasing. Yeah. The derpiest of moments got me a little bit. I'm trying to... Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank here. That flushing sound you just heard was Drew's brain being flushed in the toilet. Yes. <laughs> Anything? Just... I know. I'm going to have to pass. Damn it. Oh, that sucks. <sighs> well, so, tell... Do you have a, a fun story of a derpy moment that you can just throw out as a guess, Drew? Oh. Well, I have the one for Paul's answer. I didn't know if he was going to get that one. Well, I mean... Just tell no. us something that's not your answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> derpy. Uh, sorry. Uh, trying to make any type of jump in this game. Oh Jesus! Well, yeah, that's derpy ass shit. Like it's just yeah, it's a little clumsy. Like just trying to jump from ledge. Um, just is delayed. it is it the camera or is it just like the, it's the controls? Everything's really. delayed. It's no, cam- it's not delayed. It's the camera and the controls. It's, I mean, it, it, you're, yeah. you're putting into an action RPG in a similar style of, say, controller-based Diablo, where you're trying to directly control the character and it just trying to... They, the, the game's focused on combat, not fucking platforming, okay? So making a jump in this game is bullshit. Nice. Yeah, nice. trying to make jumps... Um... Anytime just trying to parry something. Like, parrying's like yeah. one of the things. If you can ever get that fun. down, like, if you can ever get that timing down, you're fucking badass at this game. Like, you can walk through it, no problem. But, like, if you can't get it, you're just going to get hit like, and smashed into the ground. And... Like in Assassin's Creed, where once you learn counterattack, you're you're a god in the game and can't yep. die anymore. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Except this window is way shorter, like, yeah. that you have to hit the timing. Yeah. It's not just hold down a button until someone attacks you. No, 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 no. You have to, timing has to be precise. All right. So, Paul, what do you what do you have for your, your favorite dirt moment? Do you remember when we were first getting to Artorias, and uh, and it, we had just left a fog gate, and we're coming up on another fog gate, and like, oh, there's probably a boss back here. And there was. Yeah. That was a pretty dirt moment because I was fucking joking the entire time and I started laughing my ass off to the point where I just got smashed by Artorias the first time. That's my favorite moment. 
Nice. So, Paul, for the chance to basically fully clinch the game right now, <laughs> what did Drew say was his favorite dirt moment? Um, I, I actually, it's probably one of the ledge hopping moments, uh, specifically with when we were uh, in, in Orlando, and um, the one one of the invaders came in. I'm just like, I just said, "Fuck it," and I just hopped off, <laughs> rolled off the ledge, just fell off to my death, and I was because I just didn't want to fucking deal with it at that moment. Nice. So, Drew. <laughs> Um, that is incorrect. It happens. But what I put for the dirt moment, it's more of a kind of a dick move that I just <laughs> tell you about. Was when you uh, we were playing uh, Dark Souls and you found out how to get back to the nest to fly back to the undead asylum. Yeah. And so like you're oh, going. Oh God damn it! <laughs> so. I could have told Paul when he, like, so you go through this area once in the game, everything's fine. When you come back through this area, I yeah. should have told Paul, hey, watch out for the floor because it's all going to crumble beneath yeah. you. And so you fall into yeah. a pit with a boss. <laughs> so so when you first go through this, you have, on that floor, you have a fight with the Asylum Demon. <laughs> the, the, the first boss of the game, it's a pain in the ass, but when you first attack him, you will... You, like when you first get you first meet him, you are literally just coming out of your cell. You are just waking up. You've got a broken sword and a shitty shield. That's it. So you've got a you sprint by him. You come back later with all of your gear intact. Like it's not great gear, but it's decent enough to beat the boss. And you plunge plunge back down on him. And that fight takes a pretty big toll on the floor apparently because when you come back, you fall through the floor and fight his big brother. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Which, which fun fact? If you look outside in the hallway that you're in, in the first section of the game, you can actually see this boss later on. The, the like the boss you take on way late in the game, you can see him. Like it's an optional boss; you don't even have to come back. Yeah. But there's some good <laughs> shit back there. Ah, nice. All right, Paul. Again, for another chance to fully clinch this game, who did Drew say took longer to get good? You or Drew? He probably said Drew. Drew. I said Drew. There we go. <laughs> we have a victor. <laughs> but yeah, who did you say? Uh, he said Drew. Yeah, I said me. Hmm. All right, I now, now Drew. <laughs> for because we can't let this go on unquestioned because it's kind of funny. So who did Paul say took longer to get good? You or Paul? I uh, will say me. Actually, I said me. I, <laughs> I took a while to get good at this game because yeah, it took I, me a while. I, yeah, when I first started, though, I yeah. dropped the fucking game. Didn't touch it until I played Dark Souls Two because that was my first. That was like the first game I nearly beat. Like I beat the base game, but didn't beat all the DLCs until we came back later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting that both of you said that you were the one that did. Uh, Took the longest to to actually get proficient at the game. <laughs> I, I think it's just perspective at that point because yeah. from my perspective, I took a long ass fucking time, and from Drew's perspective, it's probably the same way. Yeah, yeah. I know, but it's just kind of interesting because normally, if it's you know competitive people, it's always like, oh, I I I was carrying him the whole time, like you know. Man, it's all about each other, man. It's all about co-op in this in this game. If you yeah. don't help each other, you're fucked. Yeah. All these other monsters in this game didn't get there on their own. Hell no. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's that's all the questions I had. And Paul Paul takes the victory in this one, three to one. And uh, hopefully, you know, that wasn't completely boring for the people listening. 
and <laughs> was actually kind of entertaining because I enjoyed it. Hey, leave us some feedback. Post on Facebook, Twitter, email us. I don't give a fuck. We'll give you all a shit later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, what... I guess the it was the release of Dark Souls 3 that prompted you guys to play through all of the games leading up to its release, right? Um, Is that what prompted this whole co-op shenanigans? I mean, it started around, what, yeah. January or yeah, early we, we February? Didn't even, we didn't even know Dark Souls 3 was coming out. So we, we when we started, we just started playing Dark Souls. I was like, we got, I, I, I got nothing else to do. I'm going to play through Dark Souls. And then she's like, oh, that's awesome. Let's play. And I'm yeah. like, all right, let's do this. Because no one else I knew had Dark Souls, and no one else really wanted to play the Souls games. So I was like, all right, let's just play through them. And eventually got to the point where, because we played Dark Souls, then Dark Souls 2, and we went back to play Demon Souls, because uh, I don't think Drew realized that I had a PS3 and Demon Souls. So we got to the point where we just played through all three games. <laughs> and then, of course, Dark Souls 3. Have fun. So... Yeah. Did you play through them in order, or did you skip around in them? Well, we, we played through, kind of. Like, we played through Dark Souls 1, then Dark Souls 2, then we played through Demon Souls, it almost finished it. We actually never finished Demon Souls. That's uh, correct, for the, yeah. For the pending release of Dark Souls 3. Are you guys going to go back and finish Demon Souls now? I'd like to. We should. Or, or yeah, are you guys really just going to keep playing Dark Souls 3? Um, we actually haven't played Dark Souls 3 in a while. Yeah, oh. it's been a while. I, yeah, I keep turning it on and fiddling with my character, but I never actually progressed any of the story. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to. Like, we've beaten the game, and we got to New Game Plus, but we never continued. Right. I, I wouldn't mind going back to it, but it, it's it's gotten to a point where we just kind of moved on to our next addiction. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, is totally fair. True. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, what do you guys still... Is there anything else you guys feel you guys want to cover? Like, I know uh... you, you talked about you guys both loved Dark Souls three, so I didn't know if you guys want to. Oh, so much. Have a have a nice little love fest of Dark Souls three. <laughs> I actually, I actually think we should wait until the 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 DLCs come out before we go back to the. Dark yeah, Souls. I, yeah, definitely gonna go back and get those. We should go ahead and Ooh, yes. buy the. <laughs> I guess they still haven't announced any um, dates yet for any of that, which. But the season pass is probably a good investment. They usually do two or three. Yeah, definitely. What was your uh, like you kind of mentioned, what were your favorite weapons, Paul? Oh, um, actually, it well, it depends on the game. Like for for Dark Souls One, it was the Demon Spear, which okay. is basically just a giant uh, bone spear made out of a, a a long bone of some kind, like some like some demon's uh, femur and <laughs> a a spine of some kind. It it just was a probably the best weapon in the game, in my opinion. Because you could hold up a shield and continue to stab forward while protecting yourself. <laughs> really nice. What about you? What's your favorite? I mean, because I've got uh, two more, but what's your that's favorite? Sort of, no, I kind of had a, a, a weapon from each game. Uh, like, Quaylex Fury Sword, which is what that's you made out of. Yeah, which I guess that's kind of like a boss weapon. Which That, that one's really... Kind of overpowered, almost. A bit, yeah, because you've got that fire attack, and then you can fling a, some webbing at him if you use uh, R2. Yeah, let's see. What did you use in Dark Souls 2? What did I use in Dark Souls 2? <laughs> I think I ended up with one of the boss weapons, but I honestly can't remember what. I, I, I don't think it was the... Because I remember using... Um, you had the, the hand axe for a long yeah, time. I had the hand axe for a long time, then I switched it up with a spear, and then I moved on to... God, I know I moved on to one of the boss weapons, and I can't remember which one, unfortunately. But uh, I, I, I'm a big proponent of spears. 
mm. in games in, the, in these games mostly because they just have just good weapons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you? Oh, uh, what was it? The Heights Knight Sword in Dark Souls Two was. Uh, That's fair. Uh, it had like a it had really good vertical and like horizontal attacks with the R1 and R2. Wasn't it lightning enchanted as well? And it, yes, and it has some lightning damage and so. So you guys both played warrior types? Uh, no, actually I played a pyromancer for all three games. Huh? But uh, but that's the, that's the best thing about the Soul series is that you will you can't rely on one thing. Like I I can't just rely on uh, on fire throughout the entire thing because there might be something resistant to fire, it might be a boss resistant to fire, so I'd be kind of screwed. So you've got to get some sort of weapon in order to get good. <laughs> like um I remember we both started as priests in Dark Souls too, didn't we? Uh yes yeah I went with the priests or. Was that what they're called? Yeah, something. Yeah, I was trying to go with the Faith build in yeah. Dark Souls 3, but Faith like took a big hit. It, it, it did take a beating. It, it, the thing with the the Souls games is that they they really they, they they genuinely just change everything with each game. It seems like. Yeah. But uh, what what did you end up with? I don't remember. And then I used the Dark Sword in Dark Souls 3. Which was, well, I mean, your build, what did you end up with? Oh, and I kind of just kind of scrapped. I went with uh, just a straight strength warrior. I was just using a yeah, sword and board, seeing yeah. how much damage I could take. <laughs> and I, I stayed Pyromancer throughout the entire game series uh, yeah. because I just like throwing fire at things. Yeah. I enjoy setting things on fire. It's 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 nice and warm and toasty on a cold winter's night. I, I think I ended up with the... Um, I, I first used the the Twin Hammers, the, I can't remember which, where they're from, but the, the, basically there are two maces that you use. What I really liked about Dark Souls 3 is that they incorporated two weapons, one in each hand. But if you, the, there's there are certain weapons that are two different weapons in a single weapon slot. And if you change out, like if you put your shield on your back, you can use both weapons, one in each hand. And um, instead of the shield blocking with L1, you just started wailing on the thing in front of you with both weapons just flailing. So I ended up using those, the, the twin hammers, and um, and then I ended up using uh, the, I, I think the Oriel Dancer swords are probably two of the best weapons in the game. Yeah, yeah. Is it what were they each enchanted with something different? They were. One was fire. One was magic. It's magic. Okay. Yeah. That was really cool. The trouble with it was that a lot of the enemies were weak to fire, but the main weapon in her weapons in her set was magic. Yeah. Switch that up. What about like the armors? Did you ever read about poise and why it doesn't matter in Dark Souls Three and like this whole big controversy? Literally turned it off in Dark Souls Three. Yeah. So like, rolling. So it it doesn't matter what armor you wear. All armor gives you the same amount of defense as long as you have armor. (laughs) It's really weird. It does seem a little weird that they would. Uh, yeah, so that no matter what they're yeah, well, so drastically. Well, yeah. I, it, it was something they. I mean, people are just saying they could never get it working right, so they just kind of made all armor. As long as you had something equipped in that slot, you got defense. But so like, I did. I just so about putting on all that heavy armor, didn't I? Exactly. So <laughs> anything like using endurance, which is the stat used to equip yeah heavier and heavier shit, doesn't fucking matter. It's weird. But That's even though they. Have, but even though they have like really cool, you know, armor sets, there's such yeah. a variety. Like <laughs> that's that's the thing about Soul, the Souls games is that they're just gorgeous. They're yeah. beautiful, breathtaking games. 
I posted on the uh, loaded cart cha- the loaded cart Facebook page several times of just these amazing shots from Dark Souls Three mm-hmm. that are just absolutely just I sat I stood there for a second, waited. <laughs> In fact, uh, what, what's do you remember the uh, the frozen city that we went to? Do you remember the name of that city? Um, there's the undead settlements. Nope, it was the frozen one. The uh, the oh Irithil. Oh, Irithil. Yep. Yeah, Irithil. Yeah, when when we got to Irithil, when you first came out of the tunnel and you're looking at Irithil, and it's just like, oh, that's beautiful. Yes. And then I fell off the fucking ledge. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my favorite dirt moment because because yes. I'm sitting like, oh, it's gorgeous. And I turn around and all of a sudden my character's just like, you died. Well, fuck. That should have been your favorite dirt moment. That's yeah, pretty, that's pretty dirt. It was it was pretty derpy. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until just now. Actually, it is it is genuinely one of the most breathtaking and frustrating games I've ever played. It is a rewarding experience and a I'm going to throw my controller at the wall and hopefully I don't break it because I'm renting this place. It, it just an awesome and terrifying and just rewarding experience. Yeah, the the thing that I've heard about Dark Souls is that from a design standpoint, the only the reason that it gets away with being so difficult and so challenging is specifically because the controls are so tight and like oh, it's, they are. It it yeah. is really good control scheme. Everything is built really really well. Everything is feels really balanced. Yeah. And like it's unforgiving because it can be. Yeah, because the controls are so tight. Not unforgiving because it you feel like you're driving through mud and and everything just sucks and Yeah, yeah you you yeah. never feel like you are not in control. You you never feel like Oh god, this is bullshit because the game screwed me over. The, but yeah. the, the like the only time you do is if they 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 poorly designed a boss area like the Capra Demon that you mentioned earlier. Mm, that's the one I feel like was the worst. It it, it is a small area, so yeah. to to lay it out for you guys, it is a very narrow but deep area. So you you come into a a gated place on the left side as you're walking in is a set of stairs. You can go up to the top. There's nothing up there except for a ledge. Uh, inside is also a like there's a tree in there, and the Capra Demon, which is basically like a giant Minotaur, and his two dogs. Uh, so if you want some tips, if you're playing Dark Souls One, you walk in, kill the dogs, run up the stairs, jump down, kill and thrust attack the Capra Demon. Repeat, <laughs> Capra Demon dies. Period. Best best two uh, two words that I've ever gotten for advice: kill dogs. <laughs> At least in the context of Dark Souls. Don't actually kill dogs, please. Yes. <laughs> that would be bad, okay? Unless you're, unless you're PETA, which you're just going to do that anyway. Yep. That's right. Shout out the poor body, PETA. Your move. <laughs> I think they're distracted about gorillas right now. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. That ridiculous. Woo, current oh, event. Um, I, I would say if you have played... Uh, the Dark Souls like games and still have no idea what the story is because the story can be like really convoluted if it you can. don't take the uh, right steps. Because a lot of uh, the game has like a lot of points where if you don't activate a certain quest line, that quest line can end, and then you don't get to start it until like you start a new game or go to a new game plus. Yep. So there's a couple of guys. Uh, I don't know if you, Paul, if you've ever looked at the uh, Bati video on YouTube. He I have puts together these like insane, uh, really in-depth lore videos, like, tying together everything. It, it's really good. Uh, anybody listening, uh, like, 
you should check it out. It's because it tells these. Once you get all the stories, they're really deep. You know, a lot of them are pretty tragic. Um, mm-hmm. but fact, most of them are. Yeah, most of them usually end with like the person trying, because most everybody's trying to do what you you're doing, trying to like end the curse, disrupt the cycle. But a lot right. of them wind up failing, and usually you get to like trace their story <laughs> to their end. Right, right. It, the, the trouble with a lot of the Souls games is if a lot of this stuff is hidden. Yeah. It's it's just it's not obvious that you have to do these things. Like um, for example, um, Sigurd. Remember when? Mm-hmm. I didn't do something that I should have done, and he died. Yeah. Like I got, I got past the point where he he was needed in a quest, and he's just gone. Yeah. It's it's a a shitty situation, and if you if you're not prepared, you can lose a character permanently. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Owner people think it's harsh and difficult. It is. <laughs> it's unforgiving. If you don't know something, you're not gonna know. The uh, the the freaking wikis are your godsend. Like mm-hmm. I don't think this game could have succeeded if. The internet did not exist. Exactly. That's what people say to get good. It really means just go read a wiki because <laughs> I, there's got to be, I would say, less than like 5% of the people that play the game actually can figure out the whole story without looking something up. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, a lot of it's just hidden behind walls and hidden behind like certain timing things that yeah. I feel like don't, yeah, like translate well. There's not, you know, there's not big. You know, exclamation points above characters' heads or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, like, yeah. The, there's there's no real quests. There's no like quest line. There's no log. There's no quest log. There's nothing. Yeah, like there's four endings to Dark Souls three. Yep. And they're all like, yeah. They're all dark <laughs> shit. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dan. I cut you off. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I was I was just saying that like um, there's a a YouTube channel I follow that's called Errant Signal, and he does like really trying to do very, very highbrow looks at video games. So, like, like how there are movie critics that will actually, like, go through and pick apart the mechanics of movies. He goes through and tries to pick apart the mechanics of games because if video games are going to be an art form, they need to be critically analyzed like an art form. So it's a really, really interesting channel. But he's done a couple of videos lately about the Dark Souls franchise, and one of the things that he actually said was that it was a really good example about how you can tell a story through gameplay mechanics, as opposed to just what most games rely on, which is dialogue dumps, where they just info dump all over your face. A really good example to pick on is something like Mass Effect, where, I mean, like, you're spending hours just talking to people just to get backstory. And and it is a cool experience, and it's fun to talk to a lot of the people sometimes, but... It can also be a chore. But it is cool when someone can, like, have as little dialogue and as little, like, minimalist background as possible, and, like the game that you're playing through the gameplay can tell you the story. But Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of games will slap you in the face with their, the story. This game will kind of just put a notebook on the table and say, it's there if you want to read it. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. really it. I mean, it's there if you want to read it. Good luck yeah. finding it, though. Yeah, it might even put it under a pillow or something. Okay. Kind of, yeah. A good chunk of the story is hidden and. uh like all the item descriptions of like every piece of armor, weapon, sword, rock you find that you yeah. pick up. There's usually like a little story tale about who these people were, or, you know, where they came from, that sort of thing. 
yeah, there's a lot of flavor text that they add to it. It's it's really nice. Um, for for ex- for a great example, uh, one of the items that you pick up is oh gosh, what is her name? The the, the Silver Knight in Dark Souls Three. You help her uh, fight her grandfather. Oh, uh, not Honorary Cirrus. Cirrus, yeah. yeah. You you pick up a um you you buy an item from the main vendor in Firelink Shrine, and it has a little bit of flavor text that this is the last gift that Cirrus uh, gave to X person. And it's like something from her grandmother or something like that. It was it was really a, a touching little thing that they added. A nice little bit of flavor text that, that moved me a bit. Yeah, sounds sounds cool. Like it, it's always kind of neat when game developers throw that stuff in where it's like you have, you know, your log or whatever you can go through and just, if you really want to dig into lore, you can just spend hours and hours just reading like little quips about equipment and other races and, you know, whatever. Yeah. It is a very rewarding experience if you let it be. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the best thing I could say about it. If you let it be a rewarding experience, it can be. Once you get good, right? Once you get good. Read the fucking manual, or the wiki in this case. <laughs> uh, quite honestly, it is a, an amazing epic series. If you get a chance, play the games. If you don't own them, they're ge- and you have a PC, they're generally pretty cheap on PC nowadays. They'll come up in the Steam sales. If you can get them on any of the consoles that they have out there, please do. They're a very rewarding experience if you let them. Nice. It feels like we're a little wrapped up. I, I think. think so. Is there anything anyone wants to add? How? Well, I guess what is your? I don't know. I want to feel. I want to ask something like you know, like what is your takeaway from playing through all of these games co-op? Like, like what was your? Like I don't know. What made it? What made it super fun for you guys? Like what made you? What was the most rewarding thing of playing through this whole damn series co-op? Like over the past, literally almost six months. We got good. Yeah. We got good. <laughs> It's nice knowing someone has your back. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if if you can play the games, play with a buddy. It's it really makes things not just easier, but it makes things a lot more fun to just sit there and because I I know that Drew and I were we would sit there and be like, oh hey, can you play now? Like when Dark Souls Three first came out, they were recording an episode of Hops and Heroes. If you get a chance, listen to that episode. I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> But it's he's one of the last two, I think. Yeah. He's checking his fucking phone while we're while we're while I'm sitting there pinging him like Drew, Drew, where are you? Drew. It's like Paul, I'm coming. And oh no. Not like that. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I listened to that episode, I was walking uh, over to the, the store and I damn near got hit by a car because I almost fucking laughed myself into the goddamn street. I was laughing so hard. Nice. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. But it, that's that's the kind of thing that that shared experience can have, and it's one of the things that, as we mentioned in our co-op uh, multiplayer, uh, co-op deathmatch and um, MMO experience, it is one of the things missing from a lot of games today. That shared experience, that that team, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it just it's missing from a lot of games nowadays. Trying to think. Oh, if you're gonna play one game. First, play mm. Dark Souls 2 first. You know, that's the one I started with, and I, w- I can almost guarantee the people over on Reddit would disagree with you, because a lot of them find that Dark Souls 2 is the weakest of the series, whereas both of us enjoyed it the most. I find it to be the most, I guess, like, uh, yeah, I would say friendliest in terms of storytelling, and then, like, um, and mechanics and, and directions you should go. 
Because yeah, like Dark, Dark Souls, uh, yeah, it's, it's very linear. It's also, Dark Souls um, has not aged well. You know, like having to install mods to get it to run just a little yeah. smoother, and like the DS fix. Yeah, the DS fix plus the uh, what was the the mod, the co-op mod oh, thing? Um, oh gosh, I forget. Uh, I, I think it was like it was like Wolf's multiplayer mod or something like that. I know yeah, I have it in that, here. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, DS or yeah, Wolf's multiplayer mod. So Dark Souls Two has it like a little bit more smoothed out, where you can. It was Wolf's Dark Souls connectivity mod. There we go. <laughs> but Dark Souls Two has like in-game stuff to help you connect to your friends better. Yeah. So don't start with Dark Souls Three, is what you're saying? You can, but I think you'll be ruined for the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Because Dark Souls 3 is, quite honestly, it's, it's the pinnacle. It really is. It is the, the best yeah. game of the series, but it's also going to ruin you for the other the other three. Yeah, I would say like 2, 1, and 3, just because 3, yeah, is the pinnacle. It wraps everything it does. around it. It's I've heard it called the fan service of games. That's actually a good point, a good way to put it. Yeah. Because you, you go to every area... Not every area, but it's got hints of every area from the entire Souls franchise, and it plays like Bloodborne. Yes, correct. <laughs> so, so Drew, since you played it, where do you where do you rank Bloodborne in amongst the uh, other Dark Souls games? Okay, so currently, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, with the I would say I would say Dark Souls two, Bloodborne, Dark Souls three, Demon Souls, Dark Souls. Really? As my ranking. Huh. I think so. Which, I still need to finish Demon Souls, but I feel like Dark Souls does so much to try to help you not progress. Well... Because I played Dark Souls 2 without a wiki. I played... Um, we played Demon Souls largely without a wiki. Demon Souls largely without a wiki. We played Dark Souls 3 largely without a wiki. You know, yeah. like... Mostly, I wouldn't check a wiki until after I cleared an area. They're like, oh, yeah. that, now I missed everything. You know... That's yeah. how I need to go back. With, with Dark Souls, you, you don't get the ability to unlock the teleportation until about 60-65% of the way through the game. Exactly. Which, yeah, which is definitely something that doesn't let you progress. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's how I put them in the order. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. Even though, like, if if anybody from the Dark Souls subreddit heard this, I'm pretty sure, like... <laughs> oh, you get crucified. Yeah, exactly, because, like, every, everybody that's, like, a hardcore Souls player puts Dark, Dark Souls, Souls top, 1 yeah. at the top. It's, it's a great game. It's, it's just good. It, it's not user-friendly. Yeah, it's five great. We had easier connecting with Demon Souls. Which the is a PS3 of... game, but you could not install a mod. <laughs> it is a game five years older then Dark Souls 1. Yep. It's weird. <laughs> That's how to, it is. To be fair, you, you were playing Dark Souls 1 on PC? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't so, know yeah, how like, that's been. Well, to, to be fair, like the PC connectivity is always going to be worse than console connectivity, which is, you know, if it's got multiplayer built into it, you know, finding, doing matchmaking on PS3 versus PC is pretty much always going to be easier. We had no problems with Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls 3, though. Correct. Like, right. Zero. Yeah, because they accounted for that that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, it, uh, seriously, Wolf's Connectivity Mod, W-U-L-F apostrophe S, Connectivity Mod. It's on the Dark Souls subreddit. The dude who made it, can't remember his name, uh, that's Icy something. 
but the ace's job because it allows you to choose which node that you're on and you can both choose the same node and then you almost immediately get like i think it was like 2 or 3 seconds before we saw the the our soul, our symbols together very very easy way to continue on with Dark Souls 1 that's that sounds pretty cool Ooh. so are you interested in trying it daniel uh potentially <laughs> i'm not interested in buying a ps3 but I, yeah. well, I would consider grabbing something on a Steam sale. The, they're all three of the Souls games, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, are all on Steam, and that's how we played them. Yeah. And I would be happy to play through them with you, and I'm sure Drew would too. Oh, yeah. Bloodborne yeah. does not appear to be on Steam. No, Unfortunately, Bloodborne and Demon Souls are PS PlayStation exclusives. Which is weird, because they're made by the same, developed by the same company, but then published Bloodborne. slightly differently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, Demon Souls was published by... Oh gosh, uh, they, they're a big company that brings in all of the games from Japan and brings them in. They, they basically port them. And I can't not, remember the name. Was that Atlas. Atlas. It is Atlas. Was it, was Atlas? It, is, it was Atlas. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. Atlas when I first fired up Demon's Souls. I'm like, what the fuck? Atlas made this? Wait, no, they probably just ported it. And it was good. I do love Atlas software. But they they make all of they bring all of their weird games from Japan. That's right, it's Atlas and then yeah, Mankai Bando picked up yep. the Dark Souls series. Yeah. <laughs> in North America, it was Atlas. In uh, Europe, it was uh, Namco Bandai. That explains why they picked up the rest of the license from for Dark Souls. In in the PAL region, which is you know pretty much Europe and everything in Asia that's not Japan. Yep. Pretty much. Well, uh, I don't got anything else, Drew. I think that covers everything. Cool. Dan, you got any more questions for us? No, no, I, I think I'm pretty covered. Oh, wait, yeah. I'm sorry, I do have one thing. What were your, like, final login times? I I don't honestly know. I'm making a check on Steam. Oh, yeah, okay. Because, uh, I mean, I get supposedly 86 hours on Dark Souls, 114 on Dark Souls 2, and only 64 on Dark Souls 3. Okay, yeah, that's what, yeah, my lowest one was Dark Souls 3, too. <laughs> Dark Souls 3 is arguably the easiest game. It, oh, it, it streamlined the game quite a bit. Yeah. I think they made getting upgrade materials probably the oh, they biggest factor. Shit. Okay, yeah, and that seemed easier, like upgrading your weapons. But other than that. Mm-hmm. But no yeah, problem. yeah, but it was yeah, just yeah, Dark Souls two and then yeah, three. <laughs> That's fair. Well folks, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh if you Missed us? If you missed this show, I'm um, I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll be back uh, next time, a couple weeks with uh, next episode. I probably tease it right now. We're going to be doing uh, Genesis with Bailey of Ops and Heroes, so that'll be fun. Quite frankly, if you want to find us, you probably find us over on loadedcartgaming.com or facebook.com/loadedcartgaming. Dan, where can they find you? A couple of places right now. Uh, time this goes out, I'm probably actually going to be streaming some again because it is officially. June, so my oh, yeah. data cap got massively increased from 300 gigabytes a month to one terabyte a month. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty pretty fantastic because Comcast realized they were being complete douchebags and uh, that, their, <laughs> wow. that their 300 gigabyte data cap was unrealistic, so they increased it to a terabyte. So, yeah, so now I can I can do streaming and stuff. So I didn't I'm, think it was possible for Comcast to realize that. Yeah. 
It was their one of their vice presidents made the announcement, and uh, I called yesterday to make sure that it was it officially happened, and I verified over the phone and through my account. So, uh, I'm actually going to probably start streaming. I think Hearthstone uh, because I've been playing it a lot lately, and it's been kind of fun. And I might do some other stuff on the weekends, like some get get into Fallout Four again because. It, they've got expansions now. I want to wait until they're all out before I touch Fallout 4 again. Yeah. But Far Harbor is supposedly the largest expansion Bethesda has ever made for one of their games. So I'm know. excited. It should be fun. Uh, so I'm going to, I might do that just, you know, like one day a week just to putz around. And maybe, maybe some Elite Dangerous. I don't know. I don't know how interesting that would be. I, it could be interesting if we like, form up a wing and uh, just, you know, batch it around just for funsies. Yeah. But, but yeah. So uh, I'll I'll post a link if I actually get started with it. It's you know, chop the Viking at a uh, Twitch is where I would be streaming. But, and of course, you run the the loaded cart Twitter. Yes, at at loaded cart is our Twitter. And Drew, where where do you want people to? Oh, dear God, sorry. Thunderstorm. Did hear that? Okay. Yeah, that was some crazy. I, I heard that over your microphone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Drew just shit himself. <laughs> where can they find you though? Oh my god! Uh, before before I, you get killed by lightning, right? I know. Uh, at Twitter, or no, sorry, not later card. Uh, <laughs> I'm in panic, my guys. They're uh, at Hops and Heroes. Yeah, Twitter. Podbean.com slash Pod Hops and Heroes. Correct. Uh, yeah, Facebook.com slash you know uh, backslash Hops and Heroes. Yeah, just Hops and Heroes on yeah all the social medias. Just just fucking search for Hops and Heroes. You'll find them. I promise. Yeah, you should, yeah. Uh, you find Drew. He's got a beard. You'll find Bailey. She got glasses. Yeah, uh, yeah. We well, we kind of do the similar thing. We just talk. Well, we just kind of talk about what we've been playing, and plus we talk about beers we've been drinking, which yeah. oh, we never got to that. That's fun. Yeah, Paul. Paul dropped the ball on that one. Just yeah, jumping, jumping right into the top. <laughs> yeah, well, I I was excited. It's Dark Souls. I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's forgivable. But yeah, we're kind of a bi-weekly slash tri-weekly podcast. We don't really have a set schedule. We just kind of do one yeah, every two to three weeks. And it's just, yeah, it's very, I guess, lighthearted game talk and yeah, beer talk and talk about breweries and stuff too. It so. is. The, there, there is a podcast genre that is called Two Dudes Talking, which is okay. you know, just like two yeah. people who just talk about stuff. And yeah. Your your podcast are. is like ours is two okay. dudes talking, but it's uh it's very yeah it's about video whatever games you're playing and, and yeah it's actually entertaining I've I enjoy listening to it. Thanks, thanks. So. But uh, I think on this upcoming episode, which I guess the listeners at home won't <gasps> see this, I made but, uh, the new Doom. Yeah, I guess really awesome. The new Doom, and so I need to get it. I want to play that. I've heard nothing but awesome things about it. All you do is shoot aliens in the face and then stomp their faces after that. Don't stop. Awesome. And then, Don't yeah. stop for anything. <laughs> that is the best advice I can ever give you for Doom. Yeah. Yep. Looks amazing. Yep. But yeah, that's me. Thanks for having me on. This has been Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. If you want to contact me, you can find me at Twitter on twitter.com uh, at Paul Cluel. Uh You can also email me, Paul at loadedcartgaming.com. You can email Dan at shop at loadedcartgaming.com. You can email a podcast, podcast at loadedcartgaming.com. If you 
If you want to make sure that <laughs> if you if you want to make sure that Drew survives this thunderstorm, you can leave us a five-star review. Yes. Over on, uh, over nice. on iTunes, we will save him from the thunderstorm if you leave us that five-star review, or if you leave four stars or three stars, I don't care which. We're still gonna save him. It'll be fine. Uh, Dan may die, but he's laughing way too hard right now. Please so, send help. <laughs> oh, I just love the send us a five-star review, and we will make sure Drew does not die from lightning. Yes, that's exactly it. Uh, but please, if you drop by on iTunes, give us a review. It, just give us some feedback. You can also email us some feedback. Uh, that's really about it. Uh, anybody else have anything? Nope. I think we're good. Drew? Yep, I probably need to unplug all my electronics. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go so Drew doesn't die. So here's some smooth jazz to play you out. We have a victor.